0: I'm excited to be teaching tonight, I really am, but I wanna warn you that I have the reputation of teaching like a fire hydrant. (laughs) Uh, I heard that, Ray. Uh, Katie, I heard that. Um, A handout is provided, so if you didn't get one, uh, the ushers are stopping by to give you one. Statistics show that the fire hydrant um, approach is not very effective, as people are only able to obtain a certain amount of information. But my faith is not in statistics. My faith is in the one who said he is accelerating revelation to prepare a people for the greatest move of God the world has ever seen. So buckle up, get ready to receive what the Lord has for you and for Freedom Church. This past Sunday, Kendall spoke about adventures, that God wants to take us where we've never gone before and in the natural we are abandoning foundations, which means that there is a supernatural correlation to this manifestation. Kindle mentioned four foundations the world and even some churches are abandoning that are essential for our well-being. The abandonment of these foundations stem from a lack of understanding of who God is and who God created his people to be. Humanity is at several crossroads and one of those crossroads is called identity. Last week, Pastor Bryce had us put somebody's name on these cards, and there are 90 people represented here who are hungry for connection to the Father and are hungry to find out who they truly are. So Freedom Family, we need to continue to pray for the people that God laid on your heart. Humanity is in chaos because we have rebelled against or relinquished our identity and who God created us to be. Therefore, It is time to get back to the solid, irrefutable, undeniable, and eternal truth that God created us. He is calling his people to holiness. Therefore, we are going back to the beginning to tear back everything and go back to Genesis one and two to how God truly created his humanity and his people to be. The journey might look a little different but the arrival place is the same for all of us. Because when you know who God created you to be, when you know who your God is, when you know what your identity is supposed to be, you know where you're supposed to end up. These are the following voice, verses that we're gonna be focusing on. Genesis 1:26 through 27. Then God said... Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image, in the image of him, he created them, male and female, he created them. Genesis 1, 28 tells us, and then God blessed them. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2, 7 tells us, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Genesis 2.15, then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. Genesis 2.18 says that the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet comparable to him. Genesis 2:19 tells us out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature that was its name and Genesis 2:23 and Adam said now this is bone of my bone flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man Point number one on your handouts, so you'll know where we're at, is you are made in the image and likeness of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That gives you an intrinsic value and worth beyond every other identity anybody ever says over you. In Genesis 26, seven, 1, 26, 27, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. In our image comes from the Hebrew word teshlim, which means resemblance and representative. You were created by God to resemble him and to be his representative here on this earth. After our likeness. Likeness in the Hebrew is dimuth, which means resemblance, model, shape, like manner, similitude, and it comes from the prime root demar, which means to compare, to resemble it, liken, consider, be like, mean, think. Isn't that so much more powerful, oh, we're just created in the likeness? There is so much depth that God created us in that we need to find these treasure troves in the word of God to fulfill us and to sustain us and to complete us. To understand maybe a less obvious importance of our image and after our likeness, I want to read Genesis 1, 24 through 25. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. Cattle and creepy thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind. And cattle after their kind. Kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God said that it was good. God is the God of the seed. God is the God of the seed, and the seed is meant to reproduce after its kind. Your identity is found in the truth that you were brought forth after God's kind, not some creepy thing, not some beast, not some cattle. You came from Almighty God himself. You were created in the image and likeness of Almighty God. This does not make you God or a God. Sometimes we get a little confused about that. But sowing the truth that you were created in the image and likeness of God will reap the benefits of after his kind. As a resemblance resemblance and likeness and representative of God, you have an intrinsic worth. You are unique. In all of God's creation, you are unique. This also means that the person sitting next to you, the person who cuts you off in traffic, the person who looks different than you or disagrees with you politically, yes, I went there, all have an intrinsic worth because they were made in the image and likeness of God. We should conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of being made in his image. We should treat others worthy and honorable in the way that they were created in the likeness of God. Just remember though, there is only one God. It isn't you or anyone else or any organization on this earth until Jesus Christ come back to rule and reign. Point number two. You are blessed by God. You are blessed by God. Genesis 1, tells us, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every other living thing that moves on the earth. Do you understand what the depths and the richness of blessed is when God, with his power, anointing, and authority, and grace, blesses his people? Blessed means to pronounce a wish of happiness to one, to express a wish or desire of happiness, to make successful, to prosper in temporal concerns, to set apart or consecrate for holy purposes. God has blessed you to be set apart and to do a work that is set apart to glorify God Almighty, to make and pronounce holy, to praise, to magnify, to extol for excellency. God blessed both man and woman to be fruitful. Fruitful comes from the word para. It means to bear fruit, to branch off, and who is our primary source that we branch off? Jesus Christ. To bring forth, to increase. Multiply comes from the Hebrew word rabah. It means to increase in whatever respect. To bring in abundance. To be in authority. To excel exceedingly. To increase in whatever respect. So that means, brothers and sisters, that if you need revelation, you need understanding, you need clarity, you need purpose, you need to know a skill, you need knowledge, God has blessed you with the ability to multiply in whatever respect he calls you to. Doesn't that empower and equip you and encourage you? That you are not the tail, you are the head. God said also and blessed us to fill the earth. The word fill is actually replenished in the King James Version. and Hebrew said it's malah, to fill, accomplish, confirm, and once again, to consec- consecrate, to be holy. He's talks about subdue it, which is Hebrew, kabash, which means to tread down, to conquer, to subjugate, to bring into subjection. That means God has blessed his people to have the authority to come against anything that is out of alignment and bring it into the alignment with the design and the purpose of of Almighty God. We are not helpless, we are not weak, we have been blessed by God to accomplish his purpose, to subdue anything that is out of order for the glory and to make it holy for God. Dominion, from the Hebrew word radad, it means to tread, tread down, subjugate, to prevail against, to reign and rule over. God never gave man or woman dominion over each other. Dominion is different than submission. Both men and women are called to live a life submitted to God. I would go into other biblically-based submission. God asks of both male and female, but I don't have the time to open that can of worms. Just kind of saying. God's blessing still rests upon you and it is a part of your identity. So make sure that you are being fruitful, multiplying, filling yourself and your environment with pure, noble, good, kind words and holy things. For you need to know that sin is also a seed. Sin starts as a seed, therefore sin bears fruit. Sin multiplies, sin fills, sin subdues, and sin will take you, take dominion all the way to destruction. That is the nature of sin. Point number three, the breath of God is in you. The breath of God is within you. Genesis 2, seven tells us, and the Lord formed man out of the dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Breathe into, comes from the Hebrew word nafach, which means to puff, to inflate, to blow hard, to kindle, and cause to lose life. When I ran across this, I really had to delve into and ask God, what does it mean, cause to lose life? God gave up, and he's whole, so please don't get legalistic on it. God gave up a part of his being to breathe life into his children, to breathe life into humanity. It's the same concept of when you have to resuscitate someone, you breathe into that person life and bring them back. God gave life for us. I think that is just incredible. Breath of life comes from the Hebrew word neshama, which means wind, angry, vital breath, divine inspiration. Intellect, inspiration, soul, and spirit. Within God's essence, when He breathed it, He gave us a mind that is able to comprehend and make decisions and do things and be creative. God breathed Himself into humanity, into you, and to me. It is who we are. The world may try to deny it, but it does not change the truth that God's breath is a part of our identity. It will not be denied. God has not wavered from his original hope for humanity. In John chapter 20, an interesting event happens before Jesus Christ ascends to the Father. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Breathe is impusau. It is first defined as to puff, to blow at, or on. But when you break it down, strong takes you to in, which is a prime root denoting fixed position. We're not on sinking sand. We're not on shaky ground. Jesus breathed into us the power of the Holy Spirit to steady us, to secure us, to anchor us, to, to, to set us in a fixed position in him. It also encompasses the word fuo, which means to puff or blow, to swell up, but only used in the implied sense to germinate, grow, sprout, or produce, literally and figuratively to spring up. God created man and then breathed life to him. God blessed mankind to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion, and to rule over it. God put man into position in Eden and appointed him to tend and keep it. Jesus Christ, thousands of years later, breathed on the disciples with a breath that fixed their position in him and carried within it the breath to ability to grow and to produce. Holy Spirit, when we receive and infilled with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered and equipped. We are fixed and we are empowered and equipped to grow and to increase what God has called us to do. Lord, I just pray right now that you will breathe on us, breathe on us again, breathe on us again for your glory. Point number four, God has given you purpose, And it is hidden within this thing we call work. We don't like to talk about that too much. Sometimes we think that what's my purpose, what's my purpose? If God positions us in a place, then God has a purpose for you in that work. And it's for his glory and it's set apart for the things that are holy unto the Lord. In Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and keep it. To dress is the Hebrew word abad, which means to work, to serve, to till, enslave, bring to pass, set a work, and it means worshiper. To dress means worshiper. And, which we always need to pay attention to the word and and if in the Bible, it's really important, to keep, because dress and to keep mean two different things. To keep is the Hebrew word shamar, which means to hedge about, to guard, to protect, to be circumspect, to take heed of, to look narrowly, observe, preserve, wait for, and watch. God has equipped and positioned humanity to work, to serve, to keep things in order as God has designed, and to protect it, to protect the things of God. The Garden of Eden was perfect, yet God gave mankind a job. A job, a work to do. However, work is not our identity. It is what you do. It is not who you are. While work does not define your worth, it does give you purpose. Your work is meant to be an act of worship unto the Lord, but too many of us get into the trap of our work being a way to become the worshiped. God has also called to guard and protect what God has entrusted into our care. Within our identity is the ability to look narrowly at a situation, to rightly discern and use our intellect to choose wisely, to choose holy things of God, because that who is he has called us to be. However, if you are in the bondage of greed, lust, explicit material adultery, addiction, then you are living beneath who you are and you are exploiting the very ones God has entrusted you to guard and protect. Right. Amen. Amen. Women, we are not off the hook. So don't be thinking I'm going to be beating up men. Women are quickly closing the gap in addiction to alcohol, nicotine, prescription meds, and women are more likely to abuse prescription meds than men. Prescription medication overdoses of women increased 260% from 1999 to 2017. Women were not meant to be men. One study found that 76% of females between the ages of 18 to 30 watched explicit material. This leads to unreal expectations, an increase in personal sense of inadequacy, and lower self-esteem. For both male and females viewing graphic material, it significantly distorts the identity and value of both men and women. It creates a mindset in both men and women, and I quote from a secular study, a belief that women are weaker, less intelligent, submissive, willing to be assaulted or dominated. This coincides with the belief that men are more dominant, powerful, and have greater needs than women. It should be clear that this way of thinking can be and is problematic and harmful to both men and to women because God called us to holiness. Explicit material is devaluing and destroying the identity of men, women, and is destroying the beauty of marriage, therefore destroying families, which Kendall talked to one about the foundation that we are meant to protect the family. God did not create us to be exposed to violent or graphic material. God created us for holiness, and Jesus Christ died to restore holiness to us. Thank God for forgiveness, repentance, and restoration. Part of your identity is to preserve, pursue, pursue, dress, and keep, to guard and protect holiness in your life and in those around you. God is in the transformation business and he can set anyone free from bondage. I stand as a living testimony of being set free from bondages and I stand before you as a testimony of the power of God to transform lives and set us free from sin. So if you are dealing with addiction of any kind, if you are dealing with insecurity or anxiousness and worry, Consecrate yourself to the renewing of your mind and decide to get yourself separated from bondage. Get involved in a small group. Celebrate recovery, a discipleship class, and get set free from whatever is hindering you from living in the holiness of your identity. Redemption, grace, and restoration is available if you so choose to pursue it. Do the work, because your life and your eternity and your loved ones Depend upon it. Genesis 2, 19 portrays an amazing encounter between God and man that further di- defines man's identity and purpose. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called him, each living creature, that was its name. God joyously and excitedly brought the Adam, to Adam the animals, It was a face-to-face experience and encounter between Almighty God and man. And when man named the animals, he set them in their identities and in their purposes. Men, your words carry an authority given by God to set people in their identities and their purposes. So when you speak negatively over someone, it carries a weight and plants a seed that will produce after its kind." We all need to choose our words carefully, but remember our panel, don't get legalistic and give grace when grace is due. Within our identity is the blessing to bring forth the God-given destinies in ourselves and in others, to be fruitful and multiply the promises of God and to tend and to keep what God has entrusted into our care. Point number five, God created you for communion. In Genesis 2:18, the Lord God said, "It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me comparable to him." First and foremost, we were created for communion with God. The Bible tells us in Genesis three that God was walking in the cool of the eating and Adam and Eve recognized the sound of the Lord. That means this was a regular occurrence. It just wasn't on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. It was a lifestyle. Encounters with God was a lifestyle for them. Humanity can rebel against God all they choose to. God gives them free will. But it will never change the fact that who we are is connected to God. It will never change that truth and that reality. Second, we are created to have holy relationships with one another. No one was meant to do life alone disappointment hurt and fear can cause us to withdraw from relationships but if we live in the security of our identity in Christ in relationship with the father and follow God's word we trust our father to heal us and comfort us when some people may intentionally or unintentionally help hurt us it is no excuse not to build relationships holy and healthy relationships with other people too much isolation is not of God and it is unhealthy and social media should not be our primary source for relationship. A Bible-teach and spirit-led church is where we find those. For those of you joining us online and you don't have a church home, I invite you to re- visit Freedom Church. We can be a mess sometime, but we love God and we love doing life with people. We are created for relationship, God first. People second. Sounds like the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us, isn't it? Our identities suffer when we do not have healthy relationships. Building healthy relationships, it takes work, and they require tending and keeping. Point number six. God created man and woman differently. You would think this would be obvious, but apparently this truth is causing a crisis in humanity. Humanity is attempting to define what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. And because those who are attempting to define themselves by their own standard, chaos, confusion, division, and hatred is rampant and it is destroying identities and destinies. God defines who a man is and God defines who a woman is. I love to dress up in well makeup and I love to go out to dinner with my husband. I also love to pick up a chainsaw and cut down trees in our land. Neither one of them make me a man and make me less of a woman. It is who God has created me to be. He created man and woman with comparable yet distinctly different qualities. Genesis 2, 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Men, your identity is found in Ish, which is alaf, Elif, Yod, Shin. Elif means strong, power, leader. It is symbolic of the ox, and it is symbolic of being yoked together. Being yoked together with God first, and with other believers to accomplish the work of God. Yod. It's strength hand, work, to make, throw, worship, as in warrior. Men, you are warriors for the Lord. It is a hand holding something synonymous with power or might to imply a deed done or a finished work. And then we have shin, which is sharpen tooth or teeth, press eat too. It represents carefully chewing over something and it represents the ability to remain strong regardless of the circumstance. We are overcomers through Christ Jesus and God put that in us from our very beginning in creation. We also have the ability to make changes for the good and shin represents the sharpening of swords, one's tongue and one's mind. Women, your identity is found in Isha, which is alif Shin, He. Once again, alif is strong power leader. Shin is sharpened tooth or teeth, press or eat, and He is to behold. Behold and to reveal and to breath and for revelation. It is beholding a breathtaking sight. It also represents an open window, which is a unique perspective from which to view things. It is who we are as women. Both men and women have in their identities a and shin. Both men and women are strong, have power, and have the ability to be leaders. They are to team up with God first, then others to accomplish the task that God has given us. Man and woman both have the ability to remain strong regardless of the circumstance. To think about a matter and discern correctly to make changes for the good and to sharpen one's tongue and one's for mind. That is who God created us to be. And we need to take that up and start walking it and living in it because there's a world out there that is desperate for truth to be shown them and to be encouraged in them. Point number seven. God holds our identity together. God's name is Yahweh. Yod, God holds the ultimate power and might. He is the one who will complete the ultimate work. But God imparted to man a strength to accomplish the work he delegated to man as God's representative. Man is to lend his masculine attributes of strength to the task through utilizing his strength and work as an act of worship unto the Lord. So whether you're in the church or whether you're in the marketplace, your work is to be an act of worship to the Lord. But when Yod is not submitted to God's strength, the blessing of strength to work acts as an act of worship can be at, become the curse of working to become the worshiped. It becomes an idol. You try to fill work as your identity and your work will never fill your identity because only God can fulfill your identity. Hay is also in God's name, Yahweh. Women were designed to operate in wisdom. This does not mean that men cannot operate in wisdom because they do. I know some very powerful, strong, intelligent, very wise men. But women were given a unique perspective in which to see a situation. Women through thought, speech, and action brings wisdom into the accomplishment of the purpose God sets her to. This is woman's act of worship unto the Lord. However, if women looks to her wisdom as her validation for her identity, wisdom becomes an idol and can be used for the manipulation, control, and ultimate destruction of others. Vav is the other letter in Yahweh. It is a hook, more accurately, a connecting hook. Vav represents essential connecting powers. Vav represents the connecting force of almighty God that binds together heaven and earth. He, and not mankind alone, holds that power. God's sacred name, Yahweh, ya, yad Hey, veh he, expresses God's closeness, his intimacy to humanity. He breathed himself into each and every one of us. It is the intimacy of yod and hay that contributes to the yearning within humanity to feel like they belong, to feel like they are complete, and they will never find it outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The desire can only be satisfied through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because when you remove yod and hay from man and woman, you are left with a lif and shin, which means consuming fire without the power of yod and he to refine the elif and shin within you in your identity, your life will be as a wildfire. You will destroy not only yourself, but everyone or everything in your path. So how do we move these truths from information to revelation to transformation? Kindle taught from Joshua, and there are five words in Exodus 33 that reveal why God trusted this man to accomplish the word of God. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle. Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. He did not depart from the presence of the Lord. His identity, his work, his life was entwined with his God and God was first. God was first in his life. Joshua protected his household. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He worked hard to fulfill the work God had given him to accomplish. He kept and tended, therefore he loved those God entrusted into his care, and he led them to the promised land. All these things he did because he was confident of his identity given to him by God, and he learned to be confident because he did not depart from the presence of God. God breathed into us a powerful, wondrous, fulfilling, joyous identity. We need to believe it, we need to hunger for it, we need to embrace it, and we need to live it. As we continue in worship, God is in the midst He is here. When they were singing about holy ground, you felt the presence of the almighty God here. And he is desiring to do a work in us, that we lay down anything that is hindering us from walking in the true identity, from walking in the holiness, from pursuing him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, because he's getting us ready for again for the greatest move that we have ever seen on this earth. We can't go unless we allow him to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, to prepare our spirits. God is a God of restoration and redemption. He is a God of healing. He is here in this moment, to take away anything that is not of him in your life and restore it with the goodness, with the kindness, with the mercy, with the power, with the authority, with his image and his likeness in the world. He is here. You have a divine appointment with your creator, the one who lost his life to breathe life into you. The one who says you are his image and his likeness the one who blessed you to be fruitful, to multiply, to be filled, to subdue, and to have dominion. The one who desires to walk with you in the cool of the evening. He who have a divine appointment to come into the presence of Almighty God who excitedly wants to talk to you about your day. Whether you stubbed your toe or you smiled at someone, he wants to talk to you about your day. He has fixed you in your position in Him. He created you to be strong regardless of the circumstances. He created you to be yoked with Him and with other believers to accomplish the things of God that will astonish the world. The one who desires for you to behold wondrous things, the one who wants you to worship Him in Yod, and in hey, God is saying right now, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. You belong to God. No one can take that away from you. Nobody can redefine that. Nobody can tell you otherwise. But you have to take ownership of it and possess it and hunger and thirst of it until you live it out with every fiber of your being. These altars are open to lay down anything that is hindering you from picking up your true identity in God himself. God is waiting. Will you join him in the tabernacle